During World War II, one of the most feared weapons of the Axis forces were the supremely effective German U-boat forces, responsible for a majority of the sinking of supply ships and materiel convoys. The submarine forces proved formidable even after their codes were broken by the capture of the Enigma machine. Allied naval forces were searching for anything that would give them an edge in the Atlantic. In the early hours of June 22, 1943, within the waters of the Philadelphia Naval Yard, a witness claimed to have seen a 1,200-ton U.S. Navy destroyer surround itself in a glowing green shroud and disappear from sight, only to reappear minutes later. This is said to have been the first test of a technology designed to completely hide a U.S. Navy ship from enemy detection, but according to some sources, the second test did not go so well. Why was the second test a failure? What happened to the crewmen on board? Did the experiment produce unexpected results that led to other secretive military projects? Join the theorists as they produce the 1.21 gigawatts needed to keep track of the theories around the Philadelphia Experiment. to Alien Theorist Theorizing, Case File 119. <laughs> I'm Brayden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. I'm Andrew. I swear I didn't do anything with my camera to fuck that up. I can't tell if you're just playing a long game joke or... No, I'm not. <laughs> I swear right. it's not me. I don't blame the ghost buy of the internet. Um, all right, so... First things first, we are doing a monthly meat draw. That's the monthly exclusive alien theorist draw for our, our Patreon supporters of $10 or more. Uh, you're going to get yourself a exclusive hoodie and a little box of goodies, which includes um, Sirig Nano's book, American Conspiracies and Cover-Ups, and some other secrets for you to unbox. Uh, Zell, do you want to do the draw right now? Yes, I... <laughs> I want to do it, but <laughs> well, I don't know why it's a just, so, it's just... Re- so reluctant. <laughs> well, I can't, I just can't do it because, uh, you, know, you just want to make him sweat a bit, right? That's it. You gave me a messenger video that I can't expand. Oh, why didn't I, I sent it to your text too. Could have airdropped I, I, I can't, uh, I can't play it off my phone. <laughs> I mean, so I we, guess we'll announce it another time. That's, we're just building suspense. That's all. That's all. Well, no. Okay. Well. <laughs> no big deal. Where, what did you make it on? Can you? Is there a video? Like an actual video? Like a? Can I download yeah. this. I can't even download yeah. this. If you go on your phone, you can airdrop it to yourself. I sent it via text. This is good. I'm glad we worked this out prior to the yeah. podcast. All right. I got it. I got. It, I got okay, it. Okay. Good. Right on. New program. There we go. Here Woo! we go. Got it. Woo! New program. Woo! New program. New machine loaded up here. Yeah. This all. This all gets cut out in post, anyways. <laughs> no way. This is live show now, baby. Okay, first Man, ever nine, Mitra. Eight, seven, da, six, da, da, da. five, four, three, two, one. 
shit. Oh. Andy Taylor. And it's playing again. First winner. Congratulations. <laughs> it's playing again. It's going again, but we got it. <laughs> uh, the first winner, Andy Taylor. We'll uh, reach out to you, get your information, what size sweater you want. Uh, congratulations. If you want in on the and next uh, meet draw, make sure to get your Patreon entries in now. Oh, yeah. Dan, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about the infamous Philadelphia experiment, the Ooh. often requested and never discussed by us <laughs> until now. <laughs> uh, we, we've probably gotten a request for this like once every week. Somebody says Philadelphia experiment. So that's what we decided to pick up today. And we'll kind of, oh, that's a nice title screen. There it is. Wow. This is, I'm just right on the live stream game today, boys. Like just fucking, yeah. just Zell's 100%. He's full throttle right now. We're on it. We got this. It's been one of those weekends where you end up s- scrambled. <laughs> <laughs> so here's how the Philadelphia experiment boils down. In the summer of 1943, uh, there was a ship reported to be in the Philadelphia Naval Yard. And this ship had been outfitted with a certain experimental tech, which in concept was going to allow it to disappear, not just from radar, but completely disappear visually. So witnesses reported that this ship, which had been equipped with this special technology, uh, produced some sort of green glowing uh, aura and then vanished from its anchor position of where it had been anchored. So gone, completely gone. And then a few minutes later, it reappeared and came back. Now the legend goes on. There's no one. There's no one aboard the ship at this time, is there? No, there were people. The first on, the ship. on this one. It, okay, right. Um, I, again, accounts vary. Right there, it's there, true. there are greatly, very widely. <laughs> I think there are very few co- corroborating uh, stories to it. So there's a few like some kind of stuffs overlaps. Like dates kind of shifted when we were doing our research. We when we compared notes and things like that, we saw like some of the dates kind of shifted around. So it's not a hundred percent on where it was. So very well. I mean, that makes sense. If it, if it was the first test was unmanned and they turned it on, uh, and the ship disappeared, came back. Then they had a second test. The second test was with an actual. Uh, if you know, rumors are to be, you know. Believed. believed this one had a skeleton crew now the ship was a u.s destroyer escort which usually has a complement of about 200 people um 200 to 250 so a skeleton crew uh it, i'm probably gonna say mm, like 50 at, at that maybe this is like, a secret this is a secret you know military experiment so i don't know how many people they would put onto it like but, just enough people like to make the ship a- run pretty much is that what you're yeah. saying just enough to be able to like turn everything on, probably observe some stuff and probably maintain and take readings. I th- would think that you would put those people on the ship. And some reports say that these were handpicked crew. So as far as that was, so maybe they weren't even the regular crew. They may not have even been the regular crew that had served on the ship because the ship went on to serve in World War II. Um, if probably the, the right type of crew who 
are in desperate need of money and don't have family. And I, I suppose no I, yeah, I probably that or something yeah. <laughs> because uh, those are probably some of the requirements because if uh, the reports, the witness reports are to be believed, what happened was some really uh, weird stuff. So after this, yeah. this, this ship did the same thing, green aura disappeared and reappeared. Uh, there were a lot of problems. Uh, there are some reports that the, the the cases varied. So you had symptoms of people were like dis. Some people were just disoriented. Some people suffered headaches. Some people were uh, seriously sick. And then you had some like event horizon shit where you had guys <laughs> mashed through bulkheads. You had guys yeah. hanging out of the floor, like halfway in the floor. You know, you had <laughs> you had bonded semen, to the boat. You had semen bonded to the walls. Wait, wait, of the ship. S- wait, wait. Semen yeah, bonded what, to the walls. Semen, semen everywhere. Semen everywhere. Semen on the bulkhead. Semen on the floor. Semen on the floor. Riddle with semen. Now, Dan, because you're a walls. navy guy. Just you're a navy guy. Is that any different from any normal fucking all ships, navy? Uh, I mean, semen all ships everywhere? are filled with semen. So I mean, <laughs> full of what semen. I, technically, it's the truth. <laughs> I'm trying to be I, accurate here, guys. <laughs> I thought it was going to take a little longer for the joke to be made, but just a boat full it, of semen. Boat, boat full, full of semen. semen. <laughs> it, people bonded into the metal like yeah right half melted it out yeah that's what like i i just would like to take a step back and just picture how that would play out you know like you step back on the boat and you kind of like take a look around and be like okay well let's have a look and see how that goes yeah <laughs> 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 hey frank what are, you, what are you doing up on a bulkhead there <laughs> i am the bulkhead why are you like <laughs> half man half bulkhead <laughs> it's fucking it's it's a yeah it's a perfect <laughs> night, then, it's a nightmare scenario from then on it's just any like new sailors dudes. yeah i just any picture new sailor coming onto the boat it's like <laughs> oh don't mind him that's old bulkhead bill up there he's a staple <laughs> of the ship <laughs> i just aye, aye, captain <laughs> picture him like melded to the wall like fucking jesus on the cross or the crucifix <laughs> like, i i those are those are some of the things that were said to be observed after you know the results of this experiment. That's not so, even the, the best one. What about the guy that's just constantly on fire? Con- yeah, mean, there's constantly on fire. Just, just like the Human Torch, but is burning alive at all times. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like not not having a good time. He's not actually burning, but he's actually on fire. Yeah, he's yeah. just miserable and burning for like four <laughs> days. <laughs> it's it's like basically this this experiment basically caused like the shitty Fantastic Four. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, like just the world's worst group of superheroes. They're like Bulkhead yeah, Bill yeah, and these fucking. Are, <laughs> these are the ones that bonded with the ship, but you should see the ones where the ship bonded with them. And the guy comes out like, you should see the cannonballs on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> bulkhead Bill, <laughs> half man, oh. half bulkhead, man o' war, the human ship <laughs> hybrid. Like, I like to think it's just, he's just like melded to the top of his head. So the rest of his body just free, like free dangles. <laughs> just dangling. Like you ever or see those videos like, of the babies like and like arm. the neck holders where they just spin? <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's how I picture him floating up there. <laughs> Don't mind me guys. <laughs> 
How are so, they still alive? How are they still? How are those people still alive if they're mold, melded well, with the metal? Well, they were. There's reports. Some of them. Some of them just. They call it. I can't remember the word. Freezing. But I'm call it phasing. Freezing. freezing. Yeah, I was like, freezing. that's the dumbest yeah. fucking. It's called phasing, where they phase in and out of like reality. They just disappear. Because there's this. They talk about the some of these semen who left. <laughs> All the take, all the, all this, this is gonna, this is gonna be our most mature stream left. ever. And uh, I guess they're well enough, so they're like, "Hey, we made it out. We're not part of the ship. Let's go for some drinks, as you would." And then after a terrifying experiment, where you see your friends become part of the ship, and then they go to a bar and they're drinking, and they must get into some dis- disagreement because they start scrapping in this bar, <laughs> and to the bar patron's surprise. These people, as they start fist fighting, are phasing in and out of visibility. So they're like, all of a sudden, fighting tables are going, and then boom, disappear. Could you? Could you and imagine? They come back and they're fighting. Could you imagine being old bulkhead Bill? You're stuck to the bulkhead, and your buddies are like, "Oh man, this is so fucked up." Like, we're gonna go grab a drink though. Like, you hang out here for a bit. Like, it's gonna be all good. And then Bill's just sitting there in the wall, being like, "Guys, like, come on, bring me with." I'm I'm half man, half bulkhead. I'm best of both worlds. Take me with you. <laughs> Best of both worlds. Right? Comes up again. Uh, half man, half bulkhead. I I, I just hope all you fun. just dang, just dang all fun. Oh, Half man, half bulkhead, all fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I still like to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I'll take there's half a, bulkhead a, over being on fire. I'd take oh, half bulkhead all day long. Yeah. At least you can still dance. You know what? That's true. <laughs> well, I'm thinking about all the people you could scare the shit out of. It'd be hilarious. So be do, awesome. you, do you just have friends now? They cut the bucket, bulkhead out and they just carry you around like that? Yeah, great. <laughs> just wheel oh, you around. Wheel, like, weekend, like weekend at Bernie's. But you're, just, <laughs> you're still alive. Just your head no, you'd like, It'd be more like... <laughs> Like you'd have like a like a Han Solo like frozen in carbonite, and you're just like, "Hey, thanks, Bill," and you're like popping off beers, like, "Hey, watch this!" Like pop the pop a top off like in his mouth, <laughs> like half his face is part metal in the ship. Yeah, and he talks like that out of the side. <laughs> Where were oh, we? God. What's what, happening? What happened? There's too Let's many possibilities. There's too many Wait, possibilities. I'll take it back. I'll take it back. The, Ducktales. The ship vanished. It came back, and all this shit happened. And then that's where we left yeah, off about 20 so minutes ago. This, this all reportedly happened aboard the USS Eldridge. That was the name of the ship that it, uh, that it had been. Now, there's, there's reports of these things happening. There's reports that the ship actually teleported. Like not not just like disappeared, reappeared in the same spot, but actually disappeared, reappeared in Norfolk, Virginia, in the in the shipyard down where I'm there's another like, shipyard down there. So that's south, uh, about like 200 miles south, uh, 250 250 can, miles south of uh, where they had originally kind why, of put it. Why is that part think? of a plan, like for to get it to teleport to another shipyard, or is that just like of all the places it could possibly teleport, it just randomly chooses choose another shipyard? Like, I, well, that, I wasn't running that's the experiment, I so I don't know. <laughs> they <laughs> said they were like, okay, well, th- this is for cloaking. And everything that I read and watched and listened to made it seem as if the teleportation was like, whoops. Yeah. I was like, well, that's a fucking pretty lucky <laughs> whoops that yeah, it big appears whoops. at a shipyard. Like, fuck, what if it appeared in the middle of 
Philadelphia, this 1,200-pound ship just was like, boop. Middle of the street. Right? You'd have Ghost Bill downtown Philly. It's fucking Ghost Bring the party to him. The Flying so Dutchman. There, yeah, there's a whole bunch of like, uh, when you go through the Philadelphia experience, experiment is experience experience that's, that's what sounds like a that's band when you get together with bulkhead bill <laughs> yeah <laughs> um there's all these is the really different things so yeah there was the the idea that it was supposed to be cloaked but there's also the idea that this experiment was to try to teleportation and there's also reports that this experiment was to you know, not just teleportation, but also cause time travel in some oh, wow. cases. I thought, yes. like, from what I understand, this whole, like, in 43, they were what, like, America was in World War II for, what, like, two years, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this whole plan was to just to, to have something to combat the U-boats, right? Right. Well, that was the actual, like, that type of a destroyer was supposed to be that. That's what I read. Well, yeah. Right. Well, and they, it was they built not that working. Because U-boats were whooping their asses. Well, the, the the destroyer escort yeah it was a different type of ship uh, they had Faster. destroyers Faster which Turner. were the usual like the usual con like they would be the usual ships that would guard convoys like they would they you know escort them across the things but the problems with the regular destroyers was that they were too big and they their turning radiuses were too large so you had to build a smaller one that wasn't as fast but were had uh, smaller turning races so they could actually chase the U-boats. Or maybe one that could teleport and ha- have half man, half bulkhead people in it. Right. You could have like a 24-hour crew of people just melted into the bulkhead. <laughs> yeah, you, these guys can't go home if they're part of the fucking ship, right? Like, it's genius. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, this ship went on to serve, so they cleaned everything up at some point, and then they canceled the experiment. So that's what the reports say, is that they went, well... Uh, yeah, that was fucking weird. Let's never, ever do that again. <laughs> Shit got hey, way too weird. And they can. And that's a, that's a, that's, to me, that's ridiculous because, you know, we're, Einstein, you know, Einstein was allegedly involved in this. Uh, he was working for the Navy at the time doing this research. And for me thinking, I'm like, okay, they fire this thing up. It goes invisible. They're like, that's good. It disappeared. They're like, that's bad. It reappears and they go, that's good. That's Everyone's great. mutated into the ship. They go, Oh, that's bad. Then it teleports <laughs> 200 miles away and they go, Oh, that wasn't expected. Scrap it. I was like, if they teleported a 1200 pound destroyer, do you think they're going to stop testing? Like, absolutely oh, God, not. No. They're going to be like, we need to harness this. <laughs> we need to harness this power. Well, like Forget they were using bill. They were using Einstein's unified field theory, right? Isn't that what this whole thing's that's about? What the, that's what the theory was about. At, they are using this as some ultimate, for ultimate cloaking. But do we have any hard like evidence that Einstein was even really involved in this? Like, is that he a was, real thing? He was working for the Navy at the time. Nah. Was he though? I tried to look that in up. The and Navy. I, there were claims that he worked for the Navy, like he was working on projects for or things with uh, like different types of mines and kind of stuff like that. But I, I couldn't find anything that verified that. The thing is, is that I, Albert Einstein, they denied his, they denied his security clearance to work on the Manhattan Project. So even though he had written them, like he was one of the people who had written a letter to the United States government warning when, when they had first discovered like nuclear fission was, uh, was a, a thing like that could actually happen. He had written a letter that saying that the U S needs to develop nuclear weapons before Germany does. But the Americans would never let him work on the project because he had really left leaning 
political views. So they weren't going to let him work on it. So I don't even, I'm trying to, I couldn't nail down what exactly he did. If he did work for the Navy, if he wasn't just able to, he did other things and didn't work on that stuff, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure if I could nail that down. But, um, yeah. So it's like Einstein was supposedly involved with this. Uh, Von Neumann, uh, Von Neumann, who was one of the guys who actually did work on the Manhattan project was reported to also be in on this. Like he took over after, after Einstein, according to some sources, oh. and he kind of finished the project. Now I'm not sure what that is. And also Von Neumann got, material or research from tesla as well so you kind of loop them all in there get everybody in on this okay let's let's wheel it back a little bit so unified field theory even if like i could see like if you're the physicist and you're like the guy with the idea he you come up with that this idea you still need like all those engineers building the technology into life for that boat so who are the who would those people like I don't know. Einstein wasn't an electric electrical engineer. He was more of like a physicist. He wasn't yeah. like an inventor. That's what and I mean. Von, so Neumann, I guess- Von Neumann's specialty was mathematics and he was also, but he was also like an, ex- he was an explosives guy. Like he was good at explosives modeling. And then, yeah. So I guess, well, Te- Tesla was the electrical guy, but yeah, but he wasn't, he was working on it. Didn't he, wasn't he pretty much dead at this time? Pretty sure. He was, <laughs> if he wasn't, yeah. if he wasn't dead already, like he was old man in New York, the New Yorker and, New York, yeah. like dying. He was, he was uh, taking care of pigeons at this point, yeah. paying yeah. $2,000 to take care, care of pigeons. So unified field <laughs> theory, it's, it sounds cool. This is what unified field theory is. I have no idea what it means. In physics, a unified field theory is a type of field theory that allows all that is usually thought of as fundamental forces or elementary forces to be written in terms of a pair of physical and virtual fields. Yes. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> I think it just sounds good. Someone just stuck it in the story to give it a little extra flair. I don't know. It, it has, to do, it has to do with something like electro, like electromagnetism being an actual force, like how gravity is technically a force as well. But, a weak force, yeah. Um, to go back on the Tesla point, he died earlier that year, January 7th. Um, and then he, and had that's a, why pe- he had stuff raided by uh, the FBI. Trump, Trump Sr., yeah. was it not? Isn't oh that- no, they gave his stuff later. Like they classified all this stuff. The FBI raided his apartment after he died, took all his stuff, and then But wasn't a Trump like the part of the FBI that time, or is that just a, a story that I heard? Like his uncle, like Trump's Some type uncle. of tr- extended family Trump. Yeah. Hmm. One of them. One of them. But that's what they said was like in the the middle of the ship was like a giant Tesla coil, and then the whole hull and everything was wired with copper and that right they said well they also mentioned one of his like he had one of these inventions that it was called like the zero it's like the zero point something and it was like it's like this weird thing like people have like i've seen pictures of people posting it on like oh i built one in my basement and whatever and it's basically like these little it's just like a bunch of little motors and they kind of spin little wheelie things they call it a whirly gig as well and it's supposed to what it's claimed to do is kind of like uh, align itself with like the universal center or something like that. So I could see that working out in some science fiction way to be like, okay, if you were going to teleport something, you better, you know, align yourself with whatever you see, you know, it'd be like a GPS right. system for teleporting, you know, kind of. Cause we've talked about it before also as a member, we talked about the Hutchinson effect. Well, I was like the Canadian inventor working off the, 
theory of Tesla's and he like, he could merge like matter together, like wood into metal or plastic into wood or, or like, or like bill into a bulkhead <laughs> or like a bill into a bulkhead. That's what I mean. But like in semen this, into a bulkhead, semen into a bulkhead. Yeah. So this technology we've, we talked about before, like in, uh, how some of the stuff in the world trade center seem to be fused together, seemingly one material. Mm. Interesting. Anyways, so that's so the, that's all I can think of for uh, how they how they could have been molded into the ship. Because I, I don't know anything about unified field. That's theory, the only but. way you can think that semen could have been strewn all over the ship, Navy <laughs> ship. I think I've, I think of a couple other circumstances, but <laughs> we'd have to stream on Pornhub for that. Yeah. This was their this was their excuse. Like somebody came in there and be like, "Why the fuck is there semen all over this place?" They'd be like, "Listen, man, there was some fucking green mist. Shit happened. We got teleported. I don't know. It was crazy. Clean up all these semen off the deck. <laughs> They're part of the deck now. Uh, so, so this get this project gets shelved. They obviously right. they say it's too dangerous, unpredictable. We're never gonna try it again. Right." And so nobody knew about this until about like 30 years later, something like that. No, no nobody. No, no, no. Ten, 10 years later, 10 years later, um, enter. Uh, oh, what's his name? Jessup. What's his first name? Morris K. Boris Jessup. Hissup. Boris no, Morris. Jessup. Huh? That's what I said. Morris. I Boris. thought you said Boris. No. What? Wait, what is it? Boris. It's, no, it's Morris. Morris. Oh, Morris. Morris Jessup, <laughs> UFO researcher. Morris Jessup, one of the forerunners of UFO research. And he goes forth and he publishes book, which the title was. Uh, the, the case for the UFOs. UFO. Which was a book where he was putting forth his opinion that UFOs needed to be investigated. Like he was trying to convince um, kind of the United States government that UFOs were needed to be investigated and understood. And taken seriously. And taken seriously. And now this guy was, he, he was, he had his master's in astrology, right? Astrology or astronomy? Astronomy. Astronomy. He had his master's in astronomy, but was currently working as an auto parts salesman when this book came out. Hmm. Astro- Astronomy is not well, a pain, go, pain field, Stay I don't think. If you don't, yeah. if you don't work in a university as an astronomer, you're not making any money. <laughs> so you have uh, Morris Jessup goes ahead and writes his book. Now, he publishes the book and he gets a couple of letters. And by a couple, I mean like 50. And he gets 50 letters from a person who calls himself Carlos Allende. 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 And Carlos Allende claimed that he was witness to these experiments that happened on the USS Elridge, that he was a merchant was a soldier? marine. What? Oh, sorry. He was a soldier? He was a, mer- he was a merchant marine. So okay. he was on a ship that was also docked at the Philadelphia Naval Yard. And from his watch post, uh, he saw he witnessed the experiment itself. He said he, he witnessed it happen. He described the green mist and all that. And, um, the semen everywhere. We get most of this, uh, 
our, um, you know, our descriptions of what happened, uh, and said that this is, this is what I saw and this is what happened. And this is, and he explained it. So this is the only reason, like what we just all talked about, all that beautiful description of what happened in the Philadelphia project. This all stems from these letters from Carlos. Yes. Those begin it. That begins it. Right. So, um, uh, you know, Morris Jessup is understandably intrigued about who this Carlos Allende is because he never gave any really details of who he was. He didn't really, he kind of, he gave, he gave a little bit of background, but he didn't really know if that was the guy's real name. He didn't really know anything about him. So Jessup kind of made it his kind of prerogative to kind of find out who Carlos Allende was. So he tried to research, you know, public records, things like this, trying to track this guy down. And so, you know, he's trying to track this guy down, trying to figure him out. Like who he, he doesn't is. have any luck. Which right. I find extremely ironic because do you know what the K stands for in Morris K. Jessup's name? What? Ketchum. Ketchum. <laughs> so you think a guy who's related to his distant relative is the great fucking Ash Ketchum would have been able to track this fucking guy. Could have caught him all. Caught him and tried to be the very best. I find it bullshit that he never found him. That's exactly how it works. My God. <laughs> yeah, right? This is this is the real conspiracy here. I couldn't agree more. I'll catch him. Catch them all. And then he gives a wink. So the um so he goes on, makes he tries to find out who Carlos Allende is, and he's just about ready to give up when two men from the Office of Naval Research show up and or send him a summons to the Office of Naval Research. And when they invite him to, when he goes to meet with these men, they show him a copy of the book of his book sent to them, uh, which has a number of annotations inside of it. And Braden has become an expert on this part of the story. So let him take it from here. An expert. uh, Not not an expert. So they received a parcel uh, with the, it was marked Happy Easter. It had his book in it with annotations from three individuals. Uh, they were Mr. A, Mr. B, and as you guessed it, the third one was Jemmy. So he guessed it. The, the three annotators refer to each other as gypsies and talk about living in outer space. It's, space gypsies. It's space, space gypsies. gypsies. It's space And it's gypsies. a lot of rambling and agreeing and reassuring the other annotators. It's like they're having a discussion about the book, like in the columns and stuff. They're all, all three are the same style of writing. They're just look like three different pens. So well, yeah, they're, they're wrote in three different these, types of ink, three different colors. Yeah. It's red, green, and blue. And a lot of people say that make the jump that these are aliens or alien beings writing in this book. Or space gypsies. Two things about this. Space gypsies. It's like very impressive that they can command English so well as an alien species. And second, how bad they are at English and writing. Because <laughs> I'm going to read, I'm going to pull a an excerpt out of the book here. I'll read it here. So, oh, I don't have it. <laughs> I closed it. <laughs> Anyways, never, never fails. Just, just never start trying. Hey, just start trying to pronounce people's fucking names, and it'll sound just as bad as this, I'm sure. Yeah, but everything, like all the English in it, if you look at the pictures, it's like big letters, little letters, capitalized. 
it's it's all over the place. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, I got, I'm just pulling it back up here. I and closed it. Classic. Here it comes. And my oh, there's my internet. Okay, here we go. And it's loading. It's like a it's like an old <laughs> one of those fax loaders. <laughs> yeah. Got the top. But your internet is so good and so fast. Okay, here we go. All right, are you guys done? Yeah. You want me to read it? Oh, well, maybe. So here's here's some examples of annotations, and this none of this is my bad pronunciation. It's all it's all in the book. So here's the first example. I am not adverse to saying that a force field can make a man fly, for I have seen it done, and I know the cause of this flight, and I am not disturbed. Paris Exhibition, 1951. Scientists from Paris University demonstrated this. An app thought was sent to U.S. showing this action. And in a reply from the next uh, annotator, U.S. Navy's force field experiments, 1943, October, produced invisibility of crew and ship. Fearsome results, so terrifying as to, fortunately, halt research. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah, what just happened? I mean, that's the Philadelphia experiment in a nutshell. Yeah. It's, so it's it's just a lot of gibberish in there, and it's it's a lot of it's pretty funny to read because it just doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> so Morris Jessup gets a look at this uh, annotated version of his book, and he takes a look at it, and he says, I recognize that handwriting. All of those handwriting belong to Carlos Allende. Carlos. He wrote it all? That's what that's what Morris that's what Morris took a look at and he said, I recognize the handwriting. And it said, This is all written by Carlos Allende. He Strange. yeah, he he looked at it and having the the vast amount of letters from him came to the conclusion that all three were just the same person. Writing in different color pants. Mm. So, Carlos is a space gypsy as well. They're all space well, gypsies. All Everybody's space he, he is the space gypsy. <laughs> space gypsies live in space caravans. I'll fight you fired. <laughs> With their space dags. <laughs> space dags. Anyway, so uh, now here's where the story does kind of get kind of, well, you could say it gets a little weird. So, Weirder. Jessup... Uh, after the publishing of his first book, he did publish two other books after that, I think, and they didn't do so well. And he was uh, tragically injured in a car accident. Um, he was divorced from his wife. And in 1959, he committed suicide. It was reported that he committed suicide. Suicide by how? Uh, carbon monoxide poisoning. Oh, he put himself to sleep. Yeah, he ran a hose from his exhaust pipe into the window of his car in a closed garage. Hmm. This is right. this was uh, pretty good timing, though, wasn't it? Seems right after they had all that conversation. So, you know, well, apparently he was on the break. Apparently, at this time, it was reported that Jessup was about to break something big to some guy named uh, Manson Valentine. <laughs> That's <laughs> a great That's fucking name. It's probably the coolest fucking name I've ever heard in my life. Manson Valentine. Manson, like a dude from Red Valentine. Dead Redemption, <laughs> right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Guy, it sounds like a guy that That's wears red dude. velvet suits. I'm Mason Valentine, and I'm fixing to shoot you at noon. <laughs> like, yeah. Get the posse together. Valentine. Manson Valentine. <laughs> Good fucking name. So he so was going to break the news to some fake Western person he made up. Well, yeah, and this news never, nobody ever, like, Manson never got a chance to find out this news, so who knows? And he was, he was, the day he killed himself, he was on his way to go meet him. Yeah. So that's what brings people to believe that maybe he was silenced. Maybe he was on to something. Suicided. Mm-hmm. So the Philadelphia experiment doesn't really come back up until 1984. So in 1984, they released a movie called The Philadelphia Experiment, which pretty much describes the accounts or, you know, it describes the events of what supposedly happened, according to Carlos Allende's letters um, of the ship teleporting and stuff like that. I haven't watched the movie. I don't, I've never actually watched the movie. I no, think I it's popped either. up a couple of times. Um, but uh, the film, uh, you know, monetarily was not a great thing but now it's now become a cult classic but one person who saw the movie a mr al bielik uh said that the movie triggered repressed memories of him and when he had served on that ship during the experiments so now al bielik this guy comes forward and he says that he was brainwashed and his memories had been erased or, you know, hidden uh, after the experiment. Depressed. Like After the experiment, he was one of the people who had experienced, you know, Neuralized. some of the, the things that had actually happened on that ship. And they took him to a Navy. He said he took him to a Navy hospital and there he recovered. And then they pretty much had everybody sworn to secrecy on that ship, you know. One of those kind of deals where it's like, if you tell anybody, you know, we'll kill you and your family, your family or and you know, hang and you for treason or whatever. Yeah. But we know, we know that Bielik's story was legit because he was actually half bulkhead. <laughs> yes. Where it counts. <laughs> Imagine poor Al, he just, poor Al got his fucking mind wiped. He got neuralized and he just wakes up in bed one day and he's half fucking bulkhead. The fuck? <laughs> It's just like cut out perfectly around where it's fused to his skull. That was the true tell. Yeah. There might be something to this. That's how the story gained legs. Yeah. So now Bialik, um, his story wraps in a whole bunch of things. And I think we're actually going to do, we'll do another case file about specifically him, but Al Bialik's story ties the Philadelphia experiment to the also much requested Montauk project, mm. Montauk experiments. So uh, Bielik said that, you know, this is kind of where we get more of the time travel thing from because he reported that not only did the ship teleport, but also like flung some of the sailors forward in time to like, <laughs> and uh, like not just one point in time, but to like, a couple like tw- like nineteen eighty seven, and then like twenty three forty eight, and then twenty seven thirty nine, and Bielik, you can go on YouTube, you can look him up, and he's got a bunch of uh, uh, you know lectures and things that he did 
you know, recounting his experiences from the future, describing uh, his experiences as uh, a, rep- a purported tour guide during those times. <laughs> he worked as a tour guide. That's what he said. Interesting. That's what he claims. So a tour guide of the future, which I assume is filled with space gypsies. I don't know. Has space gypsies. So. He said there was World War Three that wiped out like a third of the Caused planet. by space gypsies. Caused by space gypsies. That's correct. Yes. Um. So that that kind of covers most of the the ideas of like what what most of the people when they hear about the Philadelphia experiment and how um, we think about it in pop culture is that you know I think most of the people see. I mean I've seen a couple crappy sci-fi movies about the Philadelphia experiment and it's always yeah teleportation people melting through walls and you know getting electrical powers or something crazy like that stuff like that so people have researched the the Philadelphia experiment for a long time trying to figure out like where all this came from what how it kind of cemented itself and who's Carlos uh, Allende right who is Carlos Allende that's always been one of the big questions is he real Right. Um, so you had this one um, one researcher, Robert Gorman, who began his research and his fascination with the Philadelphia experiment. And in 1979, he actually figured out who Carlos Allende was. He actually figured out his real name, that Carlos Allende was actually a pseudonym for Carl Allen and Carl Allen was actually the son of one of a family friend of Gorman's family for where he grew up. They were from the same town. So Gorman actually approached uh, Carl Allen's father and was kind of telling him about like what Carlos Allende had done and these kind of things. And according to him, and the father, like, he's like, yeah, uh, oh yeah, I've got a bunch of that stuff, like about the UFOs, about all that things, like the the in his Philadelphia room. things. He said, yeah, I've got a bunch of stuff. Like, uh, you could take a look at it if you want. And so the dad went down to the basement, comes back out with a big box of stuff. He's like, here, you could take this is and take it and look at and look through it. And Gorman's like, okay. He takes it and he said he took it home and he's really, uh, you know, skeptical at first. He opens it up and he realizes that it's got all of Carl Allen's stuff in there. And it's got the actual number of the number that he put on his um, his correspondence with um, with Jessup. And he's like, holy shit, this is all this stuff. And it was just all the things that you know, Carlos Allende had been writing. Um, there were books in there uh, with the same handwriting and, uh, and just about everything, all this, all this kind of just, you know, pieces of Alan's life that were you're like, that showed that the, he was the kind of guy, you know, that he would take these books, um, you know, science fiction books and whatever. And he wasn't, um, you know, as described by his brother, Carl Allen's brother, he says that he wasn't such a a great student. He wasn't a great student, wasn't, you know, uh, you know, all-star writer or anything like that, but he liked to read a lot, but his thing was to kind of annotate everything that he read and he would write his ideas about, um, anything 
in the margins around these things. And he would take those books and he would send them to people to kind of either to the authors or to other people to see what they thought about his notes. And oh. so he had done one of the, at least one of those with the, the Jessup's book. And so this was kind of like the guy's MO was to do these things. And you'd, yeah, you'd send it to just anyone and anyone, everyone who he thought it might be interesting to. Right. So you can make the connection why he would write in the UFO book. And if he believed that kind of stuff that he was reading in the annotations, why, and if he was a, a Navy seaman, why he would send it to the Navy if he thought that someone might be of interest to it. Yeah. So you take all this stuff and then um, at some point, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure about the exact year and I'm not sure about the exact time, but Carl Allen had actually come forward at some point realizing you know he had he had uh it was believed that he was seeing that people were actually making money off the philadelphia experiment people are publishing tons of books um you know he had the movies coming out and he came forward at one time and he actually he actually admitted that the whole thing was a hoax right that he had mm. done all this you know it was all fake it was it was just something he made up and then after he found out that people didn't really care that he had made it up <laughs> He then recanted and then said, no, no, it all actually happened. There's there's a That's great, first off, Robert Gorman in History's Mysteries is wearing the best outfit I've ever seen. He's got a little mustache. He's got some bang action happening. He's wearing a, he's got like a burgundy, like turtleneck on. And he talks about a time where, I guess Carl was so mad at him that he had told his dad the only reason that Carl hadn't killed Robert is because he hadn't met him yet. And then it goes to Gorman and he goes, well, then we met. And I was scared. And he like, he like sits back <laughs> in his chair. He's like, and then it shows a picture of Carl. And this guy is a wisp of a man. He looks a little crazy. He's got a history of mental illness as well. It's just a great... Uh, I'd recommend everyone going to watch the history mysteries on Philadelphia experiment. Cool. So the Philadelphia experiment comes down to it. it, it I think it, I think it just, it kind of got away at some point. Like I'm not a hundred percent. Like I'd have to look at the actual notes of like the, the Varro edition, which people said that um, like they're actually rare. I, I suppose is the, is, it was said that the Office of Naval Research had actually made copies of the uh, the annotated version of Jessup's book, and they had distributed them within their office, or they had taken a bunch of them when they left. Like the, those specific, those two men had actually left their office. Um, they took them with them, and so they've become kind of rare. So if anybody has one, you know, take some you photos. Can, Amazon has a whole bunch. You can buy them for forty bucks. So, but a real one, not like, I mean, like a first oh. print, like, you know, I'm not saying oh. like the reproductions, yeah, I'm yeah. saying if you have the real one, you know, um, which would be super cool now. So the Philadelphia experiment to me feels like something that just kind of like got really out of hand. Uh, one of the explanations is that, um, the whole kind of invisibility concept that, that part of the story was actually a byproduct by of sailors talking about the uh the the process of degaussing 
and degaussing is a is a, a like an it's a it's the construction of ships with why with electrical wires that are run through the hull that when you electrically charge them they basically they basically like polarize or, or depolarize the hull of the ship making it invisible to magnetic mines and torpedoes and it's like a real thing ships still do it today i know the ship that i was on had a degaussing thing like we did like you could run drills about degaussing they would do it you know every so often and you're out at sea um but it is an actual thing and so some some people say that that was part of it that sailors were off the ship and they would talk about this and they, you know, they'd be at the bars and they would talk about that ah, ship's invisible. You did whatever. And then people would just take it and, and props, you know, Carl Island took it and ran with it. Just came up with a really imaginative story about what happened. So it is a cool story and definitely make for a good movie. I guess the, I haven't seen the movie, but I'm sure it's uh anyone seen it. Is it pretty good? I haven't seen the original one. I've seen a bunch of, I've seen like, like the loosely based off of it. I've seen ones that are like the Philadelphia experiment and it's like guys shoot forward in time and, or back in time. I can't remember. It was really bad. It's really, really bad for me. Um, uh, for me, I don't really, the Philadelphia, it was tough for me to get into this one just because the amount of time before anything came out of it. Like if it happened in, what was it? 43. Mm-hmm. It was like years and years and years before there was even like a glit, like a, a hint of anything. Like usually with like big, like let's take Roswell had like news headlines that everyone talked about it right away. But this one, it just seems like the gap was so far before anyone really even knew, like even knew about it. Uh, and yeah. It, and it's, it makes and it especially tough. like all the crazy shit that was reported to happen. It's like, you don't think there'd be more about it. You think there would be more about it. If you saw a 12, a 1200 ton battleship, just disappear, disappear out of a harbor. Like it's not something and, that just, uh, <laughs> wait, did I, Dan and I were talking about this beforehand. It doesn't make sense that they would try this experiment with a brand new, brand new destroyer. Ship. Like that's the first thing that they're going to try it on. Like they would have tried it on a car or well, something smaller to refute that building. Maybe you had to build a brand new ship with the brand new tech. If you're going to do like, it'd be Maybe it'd be harder to retrofit an old ship rather than build it right into the new one. But, Which yeah, but if a, you didn't even know it worked, if you didn't yeah. even know it worked, well, they why had, would you even do it? They, if like for to scale up technology that big, like they would have, there had to been experiments they done before where they like you know did that to a toy boat or something. Yeah, but a smaller boat. There, there's just no there's no records of anything happening before this, so it seems there's no there's no half man half <laughs> little boat. Yeah, <laughs> just got it growing out of his forehead like a unicorn. Yeah. yeah. And there, and there was like, um, the, what was it? The Inquirer did a story about the, uh, like they met with the crew, like I think in 1999, the crew of the USS Eldridge, which was reportedly the ship that, uh, the Philadelphia experiment, you know, occurred on and they met and they asked all them and they're like, no, we've never like our boat never went to Philadelphia. It never went to, it never went to Norfolk. And, and 
the ones that were on the ship, they're like, yeah, like we had crewmen who, who actually were there when the ship was built. Like they were, they were on the ship as it was being built, learning the inside and out of the ship. And none of that ever happens. Well, there was probably semen on the bulkhead. <laughs> yeah. That probably happened. Yeah. I, I found that the USS Eldridge DE one seven three. This was like the logs of the pier. Is it was in Jaber seventeen in New York Navy Navy Yard in Brooklyn, New York at six thirty right. the day it said it was supposed to be in Philadelphia. And you might and you might want to say that you know logs can be falsified and things like True. that. And sure, you could say that that. Yep. But then the fact is, it's like it would have to be that log and everybody else's log that were at that place. Like you, there are tons of records. A twelve hundred a twelve hundred ton. Navy destroyer does that just go off and nobody notices like or you know it's now yeah one thing I didn't ask before I maybe I missed it when the ship was supposedly teleported to Virginia how do they know that do, we, do people see it in Virginia or or where did that where, I was just trying to figure out where how do they know it, that's where it went if no one actually seen it it's just it's one of those it's just it got it's one of it those got slipped like, in there yeah it was there it's just you know because the two the two main sources that you have for this like is just Al Bielik and uh Carl Allen those was, are your two main sources actually, and that's, and he that's was the, what they're traced and back he's, to. and he's the only two sources on the thing so whatever they say you have to take so yeah. it's like Al Bielik is like yeah teleported a thing he's the only one that says that I wish it did teleport. That's pretty fucking cool. Oh, it would be cool. That's a cool. Because right now, all we're able, apparently, scientists are only able to teleport photons. So, yeah, like, like yeah, one particle at a time. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's If you could teleport a whole ship at that point, like I said with Brady, I'd be like, that'd be pretty fucking cool. And I think we'd be teleporting everywhere now instead of having a bunch of automotive deaths every year. Like, the only thing, because they're like, there's strange, unexplained stuff in this earth and some people say like oh there's parts of earth that like at the right time like energy is right the ley lines will like allow you to transport dimension and you're like okay well that's one thing if you're just like a person like we talked about on like the stargates and you're in the right spot at the right time and you figure out that you can get teleported across the galaxy but for a whole the whole ship just to stumble into one of these if you were going to go with the ley line stuff I would be like okay if, if they tacked on a bunch of like crystals i'd be down with it if it were crystals if they were like yeah they they shoved a bunch of crystals on the ship and you know powered by ley lines i'd be like, oh yeah that's cool i make like, that makes sense but most it. of the reports are like no no they wrapped them up and they used some hardcore generators on the ship or something like that to, to kind of produce this electrical field i'd be like and then it's kind of like Meh. yeah the amount of energy you would need say you did have that te- technology to transport I guess I, I can't well, they really. met with Tesla. At least, at least 1.21 gigawatts. Gigawatts. 121 gigawatts. 1.21 gigawatts. Some of the reading I got into, I was like, I always like to go check some of the Reddit threads and stuff like that. Uh, some of the people were getting into like making loose connections to this. Um, and then maybe this was, like we said, retrofitted. Uh, from some technology that they recovered from the Germans because Roswell hadn't happened and Operation High Jump hadn't happened yet. But some people made the jump that maybe this is some of the technology that caused them to lose one of their ships in Operation High Jump. 
Okay, some type of DeGlocka. Some type of wonder DeGlocka weapon technology thing that they had retrofitted onto ships that was recovered from like German arsenal. But I mean, I, I yeah, love like, that theory. I think we. I was like, this one doesn't. I was like, if this were if this were happened after Operation High Jump, I could make that connection from like Roswell stuff. But to say like this is a precursor, I was like, nah. I was like, it just doesn't yeah. fit. Well, they'd be, like, you have they'd be way just too developing. Much, like, be just yeah, developing just, the Glocka at this time if you would go with that route. Right. And say yeah, they were. They didn't they even finish the Manhattan Project. The Manhattan Project had just begun the year before. I'm pretty sure 1942. But like, like they had just started. To entertain the theory that it's some type of DeGlocka wonder weapon, Nazi. Wonder weapon. The timing doesn't fit. It just like, if they say they did get that technology in like the small scale that could transport the bell, like how do you, how do you upscale it? Or is it once you have this thing, no matter, it just can teleport any object, no matter, no matter the size. Yeah. But I would think like. Maybe they got plans for it and they tried it, right? I would think that you would see the bell. Like somebody would have saw them transporting the bell. Maybe it wasn't know? the bell. It was just the power source from the bell. Whatever it was. The red mercury. Red mercury element 115, baby. Thrown in the bottom of that hull. Spun up to whatever. Gone. Fucking semen everywhere. Semen everywhere. It's semen everywhere. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I just don't believe it. I. It's, it's a really tough one. As soon as you... At the surface, very interesting. And then as soon as you start getting more and more in, you're like, what the fuck is going on with all these characters? Like, well, it's funny because if this ship, because this ship was in service for how, how long after this? 30 years after? Oh, yeah. Did no one is that like you'd think uh, you think you see uh, the remnants of people like uh, the semen in the in the bulkheads. You'd think you would because semen is really well, hard to get off the bulkheads. Bulkhead Bill went on to live, you know, a somewhat <laughs> normal life. He went on, had a couple <laughs> little bulkheads. He settled he down saw the somewhere. world. Yeah, like he lived. He lived the best he could after he, that. He got a good you know? insurance settlement. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> I think. Yeah, they eventually. They eventually. The ship went on to serve in World War II, and then it ended up getting sold to the Greek Navy. And then at some point, and then after that, they just they sold it for scrap, like. And nothing after none of the sailors or anything reported anything weird with the ship, which I think you would kind of get because I mean, with these kinds of well, events, you didn't want like to elect- hurt bulk Bill's feelings. Well, That's I'm not right. saying you just, just about to treat the- him like a normal guy. Just I'm not saying half like man, half mostly with people fused into the bulkheads, but I'm also talking about like, cause some people believe that are um, theorized that ghosts are kind of electromagnetic you know, mm-hmm. anomalies or things like that, or, you know, okay, spirit, yeah. uh, kind of apparitions can be caused by that. Like and that. some people were saying that was kind of an issue with some of the things. So I would think the ship would also kind of be haunted. Like For I would sure think it would be haunted. haunted. Well, it makes sense with the green mist. Cause that's like the shit from ghostbusters. Like it's perfect. Ectoplasm. Right. And I'm sense. saying if there was a group of sailors from the ship that had a bar fight in Philadelphia and they were phasing in and out of reality, there'd be more people telling that story. Than just fucking Carlos Allende or whatever. <laughs> Look like a fight from History Dragon Ball Z. You would have first-hand accounts to be like, I was at that fucking bar. It was a wild, like, I've never seen wild. anything like it. Not one. Yeah. Not one person. Nothing, nothing <laughs> that I could find. Not And like anything. everything quotes is like, the patrons were stunned. I'm like, were they? Because no one talks to them. That was a glaring issue <laughs> for me. I got neuralized too. 
Everyone, everyone got neuralized. That's what happened. No, they brought him on yeah. the boat and showed him ball killed Bill, and they're like, "You want that shit to fucking happen to you? You better shut your mouth." Shut your fucking butt. Us hole. talking about ball, bulkhead Bill has the same amount of weight as <laughs> the sailors phasing in and out and having a bar fight in Philadelphia. Bulkhead Bill's there's a real guy. Just as much a likelihood that there's a half man, half bulkhead out We've, there. We're actually gonna get bulkhead Bill on the pod. I guarantee yeah. bulkhead Bill just made a Twitter account right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably an Instagram and also a Facebook. <laughs> and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you've seen that name on the Patreon here pretty quick. <laughs> uh, I'd love to get his support. Uh, anything else? Any final thoughts on Philadelphia Experiment? I think it's a cool story. However, it really lacks some any form of quantifiable substance. Even just the smallest tangible s- substance. Tangible. But there's plenty of spinoffs, so there we'll be getting into those too. <laughs> like yeah, there, is, there is, does lead to other cool stories for sure that are a little funner to believe or fun to talk about. I don't know. Well, cool story. Uh, saying that, Zell, why don't you cue me up for a little space news? I wasn't sure what I can remember what we're going with. <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, no Auroras. First off, off the top, <laughs> we are <laughs> we're about to set 2019's about to set a space age record. Uh, so far this year, the sun has been blank, no sunspots for 261 days, including the last 24 days in a row. If this streak continues for only seven more days, 2019 will break the space age record for spotless suns. So 2019 Shit. was a bad year for Aurora's. Oh, but it was a good year for the sun. No sunspots. Clear complexion. Yeah. Healthy nice. sun. Clear complexion. <laughs> um, what do I what did I have here? Uh scientists blown away by unexpected results from NASA's sun kissing solar probe. We're on that probe. Yeah. We are. So, we're probably the only pot. I'm going to say we're probably the only podcast on there. What's it worth? It's the Parker solar probe. It is. Yeah. That's us. We're on there. Four G's touching the sun. Fastest podcast <laughs> on planet earth. Imagine we were it's the only funny. podcast. That'd, that'd be awesome. That'd be fucking dope. Well, let's just, let's make that announcement. We are. We are the only podcast aboard the only Parker podcast. solar. Probe. I don't think anybody else. Is, there's people. I mean, other people put their names in there, but I don't think anybody put the podcast. Yeah, our podcast is on there. Basically, all this, like the report, I couldn't find anything that other was just like, it's astonishing what we've discovered and the discoveries the, of the data that we're getting. But I was like, <laughs> other than like scientists finding out that the sun's radiation vaporizes cosmic dust particles around itself, leaving a 3.5 million mile dust free zone, I was like, that was really all I read that I was like, ah. But everything else is like, this is it getting so exciting. Um, the probe's going to be attempting to get even closer to the sun during an encounter January 29th, 2020s. Uh, so there's hopefully we get some more information about what exactly they're learning. From well, it. they said that the magnetic fields that emanate from the sun uh, flip back and forth, oh, which is, not, which is really weird. That. They didn't know that. It's going to cause yeah. a massive solar flare vaporizing the earth like back uh who's that one guy who says that earth got vaporized by the solar flare 
Everybody, I don't Shock. know. <laughs> was it Shock? Shaka Khan? Shaka Shock? Shakaka. Because I know Shikaka. some people believe in the that it was a like a comet or like an asteroid that had a big effect on the climate about 13,000 years ago. And some people think it was a massive solar flare. Careful. Gonna happen. Well, when did when did we learn about solar flares? Like when is that? Since we got like, good telescopes, first, probably. Well, I'm just I'm just wondering when the theory of the meteor, like what's newer, the meteor or the solar flare, and has that been relooked at since the solar think, flares? Disc- like us discovering that, like yeah, this has the potential to just fucking fuck us up big time. I feel like if it was a solar flare, I think. I feel like there would be it'd be more recognizable because it'd be a whole side of the planet. But I guess I don't, so. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Some people. I'm. I'm more on board the comet hypothesis, but I don't really know. Anyways, still uh, what else we scary. got? <laughs> this is a cool one. We talked about this like early on in the podcast. It's China's huge alien hunting radio telescope. It's mm-hmm. like the, it's the biggest single dish telescope in the world, and it's nearing the end of its testing phase, and then we'll proceed to hunt for extraterrestrials. It's badass, man. This thing's like... Or shoot giant lasers out from it. It's 500 meters. It's fucking huge. 500 meter dish. Right. 1,500 feet or 1,600 feet or something like that, whatever the conversion is. Yeah. It's crazy. And they're saying that it's, it's three times more sensitive than any of the other closest ones. Um, You see that? Like in size. Yeah, that's the one. That's huge. It's fucking crazy. Gigantic. Look at those towers on the side. Those are like three hundred foot towers. It looks, looks like, like Goldeneye. Look fucking pinner. Yeah, it does look like Goldeneye. <laughs> well, that 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 the one in Goldeneye is the one in Argentina, which is smaller. It's but it's the same type. Like I think it's the same type. Same, same, but different. Right. They're both radio telescopes, and they're both built like in that kind of uh, arc. That that kind of design. Yeah. The same design. Um, but that one is way more sensitive than the one in Argentina. And the thing is, that's cool about it is that they said that they're going to be able to use this thing. Like it might, be, we're getting closer. Like this, this telescope marks the point where we're getting closer to be able to actually detect gravitational waves on a regular basis. Yeah. And be able to like identify where they come from. And so you'd be able to technically be able to, cause the, the theory is that, that, that gravity, although it's a weak force and every, but everything has it, like everything has gravity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, people, there's the theory of the graviton, which are like little massless particles, which, which kind of causes effect, um, that if we're able to kind of detect gravitational waves, you can basically suss out the entire history of the universe because everything leaves an imprint in like space time and gravitational waves. So oh, anything cool. that happens, you'd be able to track it down and you'd be able to find out like what happened. You'd be able to look back and follow the gravitational footprints about anything. So it's like, we're getting there. We're getting very close there. Like the, the one, uh, was it LIGO? Like the first one back in 2015 that we, that that was like an array of telescopes, wasn't it? Right. And it's like, there's also like the one that's like the laser kind of measure, like the measure device that they were using. Hypersensitive laser. Yeah. Whatever that was. Mm -hmm. And that one was actually only able to detect waves from a super massive event of two black holes colliding into each other. And we were only just able to do it. But as these telescopes get better and more sensitive, like the one that they're building in China, we'll be able to actually get better at 
being able to detect those gravitational waves. So it's pretty, it's pretty fucking that's cool. Actually, that's pretty sci-fi right there. That's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got SpaceX is working on a fix for the Starlink satellites so they won't disrupt astronomy. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the Starlink satellites being very bright in the sky and how amateur astronomers and astronomers alike are worried that this may interfere with research. Well, SpaceX is listening, and they plan to try to test on coding the bottom of the Starlink satellites to make them less reflective in an effort to not interfere with scientific research. So they're going to try. They're going to test on the next batch of 60 that are going to launch in late December and see if the, the special coding makes them not as bright. So... At least they're listening and trying it, but yeah. let's get this Starlink internet so my stream's all f- perfect all the time. Just, you just got to plug in. You just got to plug in wired, and you're good to get go. Get that space internet. Yeah, that's what I want. Cool. Anything else? Anyone else got any space uh, news? That's it for space news. Mm, yes. Oh, yeah. You got a... Right, do, uh, do you want to do your random Oh, wait, no, or? I got one. Oh, Dan's got one more. Bring it in, yeah. Dan. Uh, apparently they found evidence of an alien planet that's been spotted around a white dwarf, which is the first time we've ever seen that, like a white dwarf star, which is a collapsed star, but low mass, like not, not, um, probably maybe like our, yeah, like our sun, like our sun would probably become a white dwarf at the end of its end of its life. Um, really what, like everybody thinks it becomes a black hole, but you become either like a neutron star or you become a black hole. If you're like a super massive, like probably like three times bigger or eight times bigger than our star. Right. Um, but they found an actual planet circling a dwarf star. Now it's not like a habitable planet or anything. They're saying basically it's disintegrating. Like it's being blown apart being by this, scorched. it's being ripped apart by this star, the radiation like blowing off of it. And they were only able to detect it because they saw like a cloud of uh, of certain elements like hydrogen and I think a couple other uh, usually uh, elements that kind of come off from, from planets and atmosphere. And that's basically the atmosphere is being blown off this planet. But we've never seen an actual planet circling a, a white dwarf before. So that was pretty neat. I thought that was pretty cool. That's cool. There's some good space news. That's some uh, good let's space go to news the theorite of the week. I don't, uh, I'm not feeling UFO case for the day. Let's, let's leave the randomatron. Uh, let it cool down from having to run the meat draw this week. All right. Theorite of the week. This guy is a theorite of the week and also music of the week. Yeah. Uh, he, he designed us a intro video for the music for the live stream, Woo. which, I, which I, awesome. I think I played today, but I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if it worked. Anyways, his name is Josh and his band or his production, his genre, Alien Trap Lords on Spotify. I'm going to play one of their tunes. We never play trap. It's not really my style of music. But it's actually uh, it's alien themed, so it's fitting. We'll put we'll put it here at the end. And I, not everyone just loves rock and roll, like me and Andrew. So so wait, trap is a genre of music. Yeah, it's like an electronic, electronic genre. Of like rap or no 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 I don't I don't think usually not if there's vocals like just be like low sampled vocals, not a lot of vocals. So okay, interesting. The song title, I don't I I must be missing it, but it's three one three M three N T one one five. So. One one five talking about element one fifteen. Element. I think you. Spe- I think it's spelled in numbers. F- 
Three is supposed to be an E. e. Yes. Need to learn leet speak. Oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just clue. Hey, clued in. Element 115 is the song. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Perfect. It's fitting. I'm an idiot. Uh, so, uh, show's ad free. We get support. Uh, support us on Patreon. We got tons of stuff for you guys on there. You can support us for as little as $1 a month. That gets you access to our Discord server. Uh, it's awesome. Good times there. And it just helps the show. We pays the bill, keeps the lights on, and keeps us going. So special thank you to all the new Patreoners. Before you would list them, we've, been get, we've got it a couple of times now. Some people think that Patreon is just... You buy Patreon just for the bonus stuff. But really, if you if that's the reason you're going on Patreon, that's not the right reason. It's the reason is that we're ad-free, and if you like the show and you want to support it, you do whatever dollar value, and then all the bonus stuff is a thank you from us for enjoying the show. That's what it is. That's what Patreon's well meant said, for. Yes. We, do, we do more Patreon stuff than most people. A lot of people just don't do anything and just say thank you. So that's what we do. If you're if you're humming and hawing, that's the reason the Patreon exists. Because we hate ads. Fuck ads. Fuck them. Fuck the ads. Yeah. All right, new patrons, Braden. We got them up. Yes, uh, John and Marissa Barber. Oh, this is my my new favorite name of the new patrons. Amico Fantasma. Woo! Fucking name. name. Trent I mean, Robertson. It's no Mason Valentine, but it's pretty bad. Like a <laughs> yeah. sort of magician. Fantasma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the amazing wonderment of Amico Fantasma. Uh, Kane Keats. Matt. Daniel Valdez. Nick. David Myers. Kimberly Myers. Whoa. I wonder if they're. Relation? I if they're. Uh, relation. Any relation? Uh, Eric. Lisa Richmond Robinson. Ryder Baker. Woo! Top tier. New top, top tier, tier supporter. Curtis Bailey. Justin Belcher. Joshua Kerr. Roberto Garza. Jeremy Swenson. And I think that's uh I think that's all the one. All the ones. Did you read Lord Lord Zoltan? Zoltan. Lord Zoltan. Zoltan. Uh, Lori Montgomery, Juan Hav- Chavez, Joe Larius, a.k.a. Aliens. Oh, oh, never mind. I shouldn't have read that one. Dad damn it. God damn it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Appreciate the support. Thank one you One I shouldn't read always gets always sneaks someone, in. Yeah, someone always sneaks in when they shouldn't, but. Yeah, you don't tell, you get nothing. No, no respect. Uh, thanks guys. And all, as we like to say at the end of these shows, Oh, first off, go get your Christmas presents on our merch store. We got Christmas stuff up. We got tons of new swag. Uh, thanks to, um, Peyton. She did our old retro design. She did some new awesome designs for us. Uh, you can find our store at alien theorist theorizing dot live. Go grab yourself some merch for Christmas. Treat yourself. Don't buy it for anyone Treat else. Yourself. Buy it for yourself. Yeah, or you can find the link in the podcast description as well if you don't feel like Googling. Um, and as we always say at the end of these things, 
keep those eyes on the skies. What is element 115? 115 is strictly an extraterrestrial material. It probably occurs naturally in some other places, maybe other star systems. Some people not familiar with science or chemistry say, well, that's ridiculous. All the elements occur on Earth, you know. Uh, but that's not true. There are elements on the periodic chart that aren't found on Earth. generator is 100% efficient, which is in violation of the first law of thermodynamics. But in fact, it works, 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 works. Element 115, element 115 is stable. Stable. 115. We know that uh, elements with higher atomic numbers have shorter and shorter half-lives. However, when you reach a certain point, they call it the island of stability. Somewhere around 114 to 116, the nucleus of the atom is geometrically stable with protons and neutrons where it, it no longer decays it's not radioactive 115 is in fact the cell on the cell 115 is in fact the cell on the cell